From the bright minds and marketing mavericks at SMPS New York, this is the Marketing Department. We're a team of marketing and business development professionals bringing you everyday conversations from a unique industry. Architecture, Engineering, and Construction, or AEC for short. The Marketing Department is produced through collaboration with SMPS New York, which offers members professional development, leadership opportunities, and marketing resources to enhance their careers. What exactly does a career in PR and communications look like? For me, at least, that question conjures to mind the image of Olivia Pope, the take-no-prisoners PR fixer from ABC's Scandal. I think a lot of people have that image in their mind when we talk about this field. They might picture PR teams rushing around to put out fire after fire after fire, dealing with failings and cover-ups for individuals, companies, and organizations, and, of course, unwinding with a well-earned glass of red wine at the end of every day. Needless to say, there are many miscommunications about what a career in PR is all about, especially when it comes to the field of AEC. Hello. My name is David Brummer. I'm a marketing coordinator at Gensler, an international architecture firm. Today in the marketing department, I'll be speaking with a panel of exceptionally talented communications and PR professionals to dispel some of these myths and gain some insight on just what a career in PR in the AE field looks like. So first joining me today is Sean Boswell. Sean, it's great to have you here. <laughs> Why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Tell them what you do. And I'd also love to know, what does PR mean to you? Yeah, so I am uh, Sean Boswell. I am the PR associate at Ware Malcolm. We have uh, 28 offices um, across North and South America. Um, and I would say my job um, is basically to be the face um, or, or the representation of the face of the company um, that I work for. So, you know, if that includes putting out putting up press, giving um, our leaders the ability to put themselves out there, um, you know, occasionally putting out mm -hmm. that fire that you had referenced. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, totally. yeah, I, I would say doing, um, you know, just uh, just representing the firm in the best way possible um, and the most progressive way possible. Totally, totally. Well, thank you so much, Sean. Also on the line is Nathan Reyna. Nathan, I am so thrilled to have you on the podcast today. So same question I just posed to Sean. Uh, tell us what you do and what PR means to you. Thanks, David. It's exciting to be here. Uh, my name is Nathan Reyna. I am a media relations specialist and content development uh, strategist for Avis & Young. A, we are a global real estate brokerage uh, located in over 17 countries, over 100 offices and I cover the Northeast and Midwest regions in the US. Um, I guess what PR means to me is the opportunity to tell a story, to try different things uh, and get messages out there in a unique and creative way. You know, whether you're reporting on a transaction, reporting on a redesign, whatever it is, there's always a story behind it. And to me, PR is the opportunity to do that. The crisis stuff is fun, but that's not all. That's not what it's all about. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling we're going to be coming back to storytelling an awful lot over the next hour, I think. <laughs> uh, all right. So finally, it is my absolute pleasure to introduce our listeners to the fabulous Tamaris Saunders Davies. Uh, Tamaris, please introduce yourself and let us know what you think about PR. What does it mean to you? 
Hi, David. Thanks very much for having me. I'm Tamara Saunders-Davis and I am a senior associate at Gensler and I sit in our Toronto office. So uh, you'd never guess that from the accent. Um, <laughs> and hopefully Gensler needs no introduction, but uh, if there's anybody who's been under a rock for the past however long, we are the world's largest architecture and design firm. Uh, with offices across 50 countries. And I'm proud to say that I'm part of a network of uh, incredibly talented PR professionals uh, within our firm. Um, I, I, I share responsibility for the region of Canada, and I've also recently had the opportunity to support the London office with their PR efforts. Um, and I think what PR means to me is, I think I would echo what Nathan had said, it's very much about storytelling. I see my role as... Um, the Toronto office's resident little truffle pig. My job is to be truffling <laughs> out the most interesting stories um, that go beyond, you know, good design firm does good design. Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much. I think what I'm so excited about getting the three of you all together for this call today is just the three of you are at some very different stages um, at where you are in your careers and uh, coming in from some very different backgrounds, which I'm very excited to get into. Uh, but before we start going further into that, you know, one of the things that we had talked about as we were initially planning for this is that we wanted to make sure we were dealing with some of the myth busting. Uh, kind of, there's a lot of misconceptions that I mentioned up at the top of the show. Uh, so I'd love for you to love to kind of open the floor and just sort of talk about what, you know, we've talked a lot about what PR is. Um, maybe we also talked a little bit about, you know, what are some of the myths, the, some of the misconceptions we see, or what other things should we talk about when we talk about PR and communications? Who's going to be brave and jump in first? Mm. I, I can jump in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we, we had kind of mentioned it earlier in the show, but um, I would say... When I when I initially got into PR a couple of years ago, my perception was always that you are putting out fire after fire after fire. There's there's people on social media, there's people calling in, there's you know all all, all sorts of that stuff, and um, you were kind of the representative to to kind of handle that. Um, when in reality, while there while there is a little bit of that, I would say for the most part, you are in a very at least in my opinion, positive line of work. You're representing the stories of the brand. You're you're doing um, a ton to get your name out there. Uh, like like Nathan and Tamara's kid had mentioned, you're you're finding creative ways to um, represent um, you're the firm that you work for. So I would say I would say that's the biggest myth that I've uh, come across. Yeah, certainly, Sean. I fully agree with you. The uh, how I was not I never anticipated how positive so many of the job of being in PR would be. Uh, I always think that kind of is one of the most exciting parts about this whole field. Um, uh, Nathan and Tamaris, I know you both have a plenty of experience. Uh, Tamaris, you were saying that, you know, you sometimes feel like uh, <laughs> uh, like the truffle hunter, right? Going around and searching for those perfect little stories. Um, so what do you have to say for that? Uh, you know, what, that's, what what's your reaction to that? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm the oldest person on this phone call by a long way. And one of my early introductions into public relations in popular culture was a British TV show called Absolutely Fabulous, Sean to Abfab. Uh, and I've been enormously disappointed about the fact that there is way less champagne in PR than I have. I was led to believe by that show. Mm -hmm. um, and what I have found deeply rewarding about uh, my career is and, and working in public relations is um, you get to be, you get to kind of be quite um, 
broad and shallow on lots of different topics. Um, your job is to be that person who knows a little about a lot so that you can be the person who connects the dots to people who know a lot about a little. Uh, and having somebody who has, um, you know, our, our job is to keep on top of what's happening in our various different industries. And at a big firm like Gensler, that means keeping on top of quite a lot of industries. Uh, and doing that means that you are able to connect the dots on trends that you're seeing out in the marketplace. It's important for people like us to know what it means if interest rates go up or down, what it means if, mm -hmm. uh, you know, getting access to the capital markets becomes more difficult because that means, you know, getting access to the money to just build a building is going to be more difficult. Um, it's not our job necessarily to know the ins and outs of, you know, the, the details of, you know, acquiring capital or the nuts and bolts of a deal. But we do need to know what it means for the people that we represent and how we can be the bridge between the knowledge that's inside of our firms and the stories that we know that the media is out there trying to get. So that's definitely been, I think, a, a myth that has been busted for me over time being in this industry is um, the role you play, uh, you know, within your organization um, and mm -hmm. how you can add value um, is depressingly not sitting around and drinking champagne all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Nathan, uh, how awash in champagne are you on a day-to-day -day basis? <laughs> yeah. uh, those who know me personally would probably contest the fact that I don't drink much champagne, but to echo what uh, the panelists have said, you know, it's it's the myth that's been busted for me is just the level of strategy and the level of ownership that you have in this one corner of the operations of our firms, right? We it wasn't until this latest position where I realized that sometimes what we say and what we recommend is the way it's going to be or the way it's going to go, and it's up to us to do our homework as much as possible. So, uh, like Tamara said connecting the dots, uh, knowing a little about a lot or <laughs> to those people who know a lot about a little. I think that was a great way to put it. Um, but for me, it's it's really just the level of strategic thinking and, and analyzing that we have to do on a daily basis. Um, it's kind of like putting together a really intricate puzzle um, mm. that at the, at the end of the day isn't really so intricate. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's really just about, um, for me, you know, understanding what it is that we do mm -hmm. um, as far as strategy goes. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I think strategy is such a huge aspect of storytelling. You need to be crafting that narrative. You need to be understanding uh, where those stories are going and how to be pointing people in the right direction, you know, going with the winds that that you're trying to blow. Uh, and so I think, you know, from there is kind of where I want to start jumping into your backgrounds and where how you sort of found yourselves coming to the career that um that you find yourselves in right now uh i don't think a lot of people wake up when they're 12 and say oh you know i know exactly what i want to be i want to be uh, uh i want to be in pr and communications for a large design firm i think it's something that people find along the way and i find that deeply fascinating uh so kind of again sticking with these narratives Sean, you started in journalism, right? Uh, I did. Yes. <laughs> what, an, what a what, what and you've had a what a wild ride it is to kind of come from there to this field. Um, so yeah. talk to me about that. You know, how yeah. how did you find yourself here? <laughs> so I don't I don't know. Just knowing a lot of people in that news industry, I don't know if my um, career path is that unique necessarily. But um, you know, 
growing up, even in into college and after, I thought my entire career was going to be news reporting, TV reporting, which is what I started off in. Um, so I was definitely on the other side of the PR world. I was one getting press releases, getting story pitches, stuff like that. Um, and then once you're uh, once you're in there um, and doing that for a career, you you realize that while there are are benefits to doing that job, there are also a lot of sacrifices that mm. um, other careers don't have, whether it's hours or monetarily. So um, I knew I wanted to stick eventually with like a storytelling type of realm. Um, so after you know moving out to California um, and getting into a job that was more, you know, kind of pay the bills um, than anything. Um, I found myself in PR connected with a professor from my university that is pretty well regarded um, in the PR world um, and, I, and a couple friends in, in PR as well um, that that really said, you know, the storytelling aspect would be a would be a big uh, benefit for me. My experience in that would would really help. And um, I would say getting into it, I've you know, I've learned the kind of the ins and outs of, um, you know, what what what's a pitch and um, all the, you know, blogging, social media, all of the stuff that comes with the role. Um, and I've come to really enjoy it. And I, I honestly can't imagine doing another job outside of it at this point, <laughs> um, being in it for a couple of years. So, um, yeah, I would say I, I didn't wake up at, at 12, like you said. Um, hoping to be in PR for for an AE firm, but um, I'm so glad I fell into it, and I've really fallen in love with the architecture piece as well. Mm. Yeah, I think that's not, yeah that that's really really amazing. Uh, Nathan, I understand that you also had a uh, you you had mentioned last time that you had also kind of found journalism uh, along your path, right? Yeah, I imagine yeah. that's that's common. I guess <laughs> as Sean mentioned. <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, fell into it. Um, I originally went to school to study to be an architect. I, I've always wanted to build stuff. I've always been designing, but I found that I was better at talking about it than I was actually doing it and or understanding the math behind everything. So I took the uh, the writing way out and took a journalism class uh, after I switched my major into communications uh, because I just I wanted to try something new and challenge myself a little bit. So uh, once I graduated, I started working in advertising firms, PR agencies, uh, different little firms here and there, and wound up in AEC because there was a need at this small little architecture firm here in New York, and wound up just loving it. I, I you know, talking about professional services is a very translatable skill, whether you're in AEC or in a law firm in financial services, a lot of those skills do translate because it is that B2B side of things. And um, that's kind of where I started to see the value of of this career um, is really just understanding that you can do you can do uh, all kinds of different stuff. So, you know, the other you know beautiful thing about it is being involved with SMPS and getting uh, networked in with the various people who know of other needs at other firms and things. Um, you know, wound up in the current position that I'm in because of my connection to SMPS. And not only has it benefited me uh, financially and, and with more responsibility, but it's given me a lot more confidence and ability to to do my job well. So, you know, finding that right fit is is a huge bonus to being involved with this organization. But you know, as part of the journey, just maturing into it a little bit more. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, absolutely. Almost sounds like SNPS is a pretty cool organization. Sounds like something that a lot you know, of people should check out, huh? <laughs> you know, I find I find there's tremendous value, but you know, it's a good, it's good. Oh, fabulous. Uh, so Tamrisk, we we come to you. Um, how do you find yourself uh, sitting in the office that you do now? Uh, you know, talk talk to tell us a little bit more about your journey. I. Um did psychology at undergraduate level in the United mm -hmm. Kingdom and didn't really know what, as you said, definitely wasn't dreaming about a career in public relations. Um, did So yeah, did psychology for my undergraduate and a friend said to me, oh, I think you'd be really good at PR. I didn't even know what it was. You know, I kind of had to look it up and I was like, okay, I don't have any better ideas. And, you know, all of my friends, we were all like weirdly industrious in our school holidays, like our university holidays and went mm -hmm. off to get, um, <clears throat> internships at you know the kind of industries that we all wanted to go and work in um and i just found um a kind of an it was a kind of the industry bible at the time long since gone formed by the wayside of uh, kind of a, a directory of uh all of the uk's pr firms and just kind of went through flicking through the pages until my you know sort of finger landed on agencies that were in london and i just sort of sent out um emails uh, to all of the different agencies that I could find until one of them said, yep, we'd love to have you come in and do an internship here. Uh, and they were a um, fashion and lifestyle agency. So I actually started off um, in the B2C world mm. um, in my in my first kind of go round um, at the early stages of my career and ended up um, moving from there uh into a very small boutique pr firm that did residential real estate in london um and it was like somebody switched the lights on because previously i'd been sending out you know samples of clothes and shoes and trying to get a hold of a mont blanc fountain pen to mm -hmm. send off to vogue it's phenomenally boring like anybody could do what i did mm -hmm. you know um it, it required absolutely no thinking um or brain power but when i landed at this as a sort of small boutique agency where we were representing you know real estate brokers um you know big big development schemes we call them in the uk uh suddenly you had to work a lot harder to come up with an angle to pitch to the property press um and over the life cycle of you know three years five years depending on how big the development was you know at different phases of a residential development you're targeting different markets at the beginning you're targeting an investor and at the end you're targeting an owner occupier and the stories that you are um developing for those different audiences are very different you're telling very different stories um so suddenly i had to know what it meant you know that the rental yields were good um i'm not sure i know now actually <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, and then in the, you know, moved around from kind of agency to agency and once I'd found kind of uh, the real estate world, stuck with it, um, moved to Toronto in my early 30s um, and landed at a small, um, big-ish for this market, but, you know, just one office uh, um, design firm. And from there was was called and headhunted over to Gensler. Um, so my career path has been a bit different in that, you know, going from B to C to B to B is is is, is a little bit unusual. Um, mm -hmm. But in terms of, you know, my level of enjoyment of, you know, my career, satisfaction in my career, you know, going to, to B to B has just been um, kind of, definitely the next level of the video game it's it's really fun i love it it's mm -hmm. just it's it's fascinating and you know the amount of stories and the volume of stuff you've got to kind of talk about is really limitless 
it really is uh, so much about, you know, talking about narrative and kind of linking people up, right? And making those connections, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, person to person in business to business, um, even or even just uh, finding those media connections, right? And kind of working those sources and getting those stories placed. Um, you know, Tamaris, how was it for you kind of coming, uh, you know, at least, you know, Nathan at least kind of uh, touched on uh, touched the media and journalism, and Sean had and and you know Sean had spent a little bit of time there. What was it like coming into kind of media relations, um, you know, largely from a colder place, and kind of learning well, that on actually, the fly? I'm, thanks for asking that question, David, because we'd all talked about this when we had our prep call, right? You know, right, it was right. the, it was the genesis of why we sort of thought we wanted to do a little bit of myth busting because PR mm. now today encompasses so many different things. And in different firms, it means different things. And, you know, we were just all of us kind of saying, let's hang on, let's just define some terms. What do we mean when we say we talk about PR? And I think all three of us on this call, although we have we wear a lot of hats, we, you know, we we touch social media, you know, owned, you know, owned, owned media, that would be stuff on blogs. Um, I think what the three of us love the most about our jobs is media relations. That aspect of 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 PR is um, you know tracking down and following those journalists who cover the markets or the you know the elements of your business that matter to a stakeholder group that we want to talk to and figuring out how you can nurture that relationship um and go to that journalist or those you know those that clutch of journalists with the kind of stories that they're interested in uh and it's it's just not as simple as i don't know if it was ever this simple but I remember the days of fax machines where we would, you know, fax out press releases to journalists. I am truly that old. Um, but, you know, email, like just the volume of email replaced, you know, getting tons and tons and tons of faxes. You know, journalists are out there getting pitches, getting press releases, getting, you know, all kinds of incoming um, from people day in, day out. The thing that makes you stand out is that you nurture those relationships and you spend the time, you invest the time to read what those journalists are writing so that when they see your name pop up in their inbox, they are more inclined to open your emails because they are thinking to themselves, whenever I hear from Nathan, from Tamaris, from Sean, <laughs> I don't hear from them so often that they make me want to, you know, blacklist their emails. When I hear from them, <laughs> I will at least do them the courtesy of maybe opening and at least reading the email because nine times out of 10, they've they understand the problems that I'm trying to solve for, the reader that I am trying to speak to, and they are coming to me with stuff that is a fit for my audience, you know, and if we're lucky, mm -hmm. the people on this call, this panel, if we're lucky, we've done our jobs well enough that the journalist will email us back and kind of go, interesting, tell me more. Um, <laughs> you know, it's oh, there's nothing worse, I think, hopefully everybody agrees with me, there's nothing worse than having just the right pitch and the journalist emails you back saying, I've just filed a story on exactly this, and you're yeah. like, <laughs> you know you're on the right track but it's just a little too late i think yeah. you know tamaris you're absolutely right you know it's it's building that trust just like we would with any sort of business development contacts we're doing that same sort of thing on the on the media side and and getting to know people and building those building building the trust you know it, it goes kind of both ways and knowing who to go to for the different types of stories i mean I wouldn't send a press release on one type of transaction to the same reporter that I would maybe send a different type of transaction because I might not want them to report on X, Y, and Z or something like that. It's it's kind of that strategic thinking like we were talking about earlier. You know, it's it, sometimes there are more than just one media list that you have. There's all kinds of different media lists that you build. Um, but beyond the media list, it's, you know, really, really nurturing those uh, that trust 
and and building the confidence that uh, you will be in tune with what it is that they're <laughs> going and maybe even thinking a step ahead, which is where we'd ultimately like to be. But I completely echo what you said, Terrence. It's, it's that's exactly what it is, and that's the fun stuff. That's the fun that's stuff we get to do because when you get your firm or your principal or whoever uh, into an article, especially if it's like your name is in the title, that's what it's all about. And and that's the that's the pat on the back you want to get. Yeah, staying that one step ahead, I feel like that's such a huge part of what this is, right? You really need to be having your your ear to the ground and knowing what's coming. Mm -hmm. uh, Sean, I'd love to hear you. Like, what do you do to kind of make sure that you are like, you know, you are, you are keeping your nose up in front of the pack and see yeah. what's coming down the pipe? I mean, it, honestly, it's it's pretty much echoing what Tamaris and Nathan said. Like, you, you just have to nurture. You have to make it so it's mutually beneficial. Um, you're you're doing PR for your company, but you're also um, giving these reporters a story that will benefit them as well. Um, and just you know, keeping constant contact, not always not always just contacting them. If you need a uh, if you need a story published, check in on them, find out about <laughs> them. Um, yeah, just mostly echoing exactly mm -hmm. what they just said. Grab a drink, grab a coffee, grab a bagel. <laughs> yeah, well, and you know, I think speaking to that, another thing I'd love to kind of hear from you guys is when you're first stepping into the roles that you have now, like you're saying, a big part of this media relations job is just is maintaining that trust. And I imagine one of the hardest things is that transition when someone is leaving a position and someone else is coming up or when a new position is being created. You know, how are people, how are, uh, uh, how did you either kind of establish yourself then with, you know, with, with, within these people that other folks are talking to first, or were you just bringing people along on your ride as you were kind of building your career? Um, I imagine it kind of goes a whole bunch of different ways. Um, I can jump in first because I've got a, a kind of a weirdly unique, unique take on this, having moved countries. Because mm -hmm. um, I had great contacts doing what I did in London. Uh, and moved to Canada in my mid 30s and didn't know anybody. Um, and it it was a significant impediment, you know, at, you know, having gotten here and start at the beginning of the job hunt, you know, like I was having informational interviews with PR agencies and different people and everybody was saying, oh, you've got London experience. It'll be great. But that was not what I was hearing in the interview process. In the interview process, everybody was saying, oh, you, 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 you don't know anybody, you know, um, you don't have that Canadian experience. And um, I had to really think long and hard about how I was going to sort of address what seemed like a just an insurmountable hurdle, um, which is what every PR professional has ever done. We have all been in a situation where a really great contact moves off to cover a completely different beat that has got nothing to do with anything your company or your clients uh, talk about or are in. I had a great contact who um, moved from property to cover football, soccer, like no overlap, like nothing at all. <laughs> Um, so, you know, that, that contact is just kind of completely gone. People go freelance and they cover whatever stories they can pitch it with an editor. You know, people just leave altogether. They get a book deal. Um, they go on family. There's all kinds of, you know, reasons why you might, uh, you know, not have somebody who's a, you can always pick up the phone to, who's always going to email you back. It happens all the time. And if you are good at your job, and I think the people on this call are good at their jobs. What we do is we read what the media is out there talking about and we react to it. You know, so it's like it's it's constant. The first thing I do every day is boot up about, you know, nine or 10 different, you know, news websites 
and keep a track of a what the journalists are writing about and b then either following them on twitter or reaching out to them in their inboxes to say i love what you wrote it made me think of this not all the mm. time and not every day um but it's just building that habit of regularly getting into a contact you want to nurture's inbox to say um i i've you know that was an interesting angle or you know we we're actually doing some interesting work on this or you know i've seen ec completely unrelated company x talk about why thing that you were talking about in this different way wondered if you'd read it just be helpful show up in people's inboxes nurture those relationships and read what they write and if you do that um you can demonstrate that you are adding value and you can build those relationships it's it's really not that different to building a relationship with any with with anybody else you know you just be a normal human being who's not constantly <laughs> showing up there's nothing more annoying than kind of go it's not you, you don't want to kind of go on a first date and be like hey let's get married you know and the same thing holds true for any kind of business relationship you know just mm -hmm. show up add value um build that trust and then you are you get yourself into a position where when you're there to make an ask I have a story would you be interested in hearing more about it can I send you some more information hook you up for an interview um you've built that trust you know you've been making deposits into the bank do you think it makes sense to also bring up the internal relationships that we have to have with our you know especially mm. principals and thought leaders and and uh, resources that we have internally you know I think Sometimes they have their own relationships with the media too, which is great. And I would like to know everything that they're doing with those, but uh, just we have other channels that we can also go through. We have, it doesn't have to be just up to one person to manage all the media incoming and outgoing to an, of an office. Um, it really is a team effort. And if you're lucky enough to work for a firm with those kinds of resources, that is a, a great way to go. But, you know, it's it's really just if we're speaking to those firms with one or two person marketing and communications people, um, it's it's not only building relationships, relationships with the press, but it's building relationships with your principals, with your leaders and making sure that you know what they can speak to upside and backwards, upside down and backwards, uh, knowing who they know um, and, and kind of building from there. I think that they also would see the value and ultimately they're the ones that pay your bills right so it's it's one of those things where i think it goes you have to you have to always be constantly on relationship duty uh whether you're talking outside or talking inside um and that's that comes through you know that strategic partnership that uh that doing your homework and reading press articles but knowing who your people are and what they could speak to in your business front to back yeah absolutely yeah, I would I would definitely echo that. And I would say, you know, I, I was fortunate to have kind of a silver platter handed to me as far as some some resources. <laughs> um, my boss has been really the main PR person for 10 years at this firm, and it was just her until I showed up. So, you know, I was I was fortunate to be introduced at kind of a at an entry level um, to a lot of these resources and then obviously building relationships from there. Um, but yeah, to echo what what Tamaris and Nathan said, also kind of um, building your own building your own resources and and showing up to things, whether it's for SMPS or in my my case PRSA, um, you'll occasionally run into journalists or or other um, people in your field there that um, can help you out as well. Totally. Yeah, I think talking about um, 
Nathan, I mean, Nathan, thank you again for bringing up, I think, uh, managing your relationships with your principals is hugely important, especially when those principals maybe don't always realize uh, just how important it is maintaining some of those relationships, you know, with the media and with outside other organizations really, really can be. So it's important to kind of have someone, you know, it's important to remember, you know, you're kind of like the lodestar, right? That's kind of guiding a lot of this stuff through. You know, and I think the other thing, too, that's so interesting is how important it is, like you guys were mentioning, to build up your own uh, your own reserves of resources. And I think that's one of the most fascinating things about PR and communications is uh, how much your own resources get to shape the roles which you get, you know, which you get to play and the ways you get to define your role, both to yourself and to your firm. So maybe, Sean, we can start with you. Uh, I'd love to kind of hear about how you've shaped this role for yourself uh, in the time that you've been sitting uh, in the time you've been sitting in it. Uh, you know, how have you kind of crafted it to to suit your strengths? And maybe even what else do you want to do? Yeah, so it, again, when I when I joined PR at this firm was was fairly new. We had an outsourced company. We had one person um, really doing it, and then marketing would occasionally step in and and try and do some of the work that I I do now. Um, so I was really given kind of a blank canvas <laughs> when when I started, and I, I would say as far as shaping my role, um, just just trying to get involved in absolutely everything that we're doing. Um, you know a it it began more just press, blogs, social, and then I slowly started to realize that um, you know I have the ability. We have 28 offices. I'm really the PR person for every single one of them. So I have the ability to form those connections that we just talked about with our principals, with our leaders, with our executive group, um, and really you know make them the face, get them out there, uh, get our projects out there um, more so than they were getting out there before just because we have the capacity to do that. Um, and yeah, just just continuing to build on that. Totally. Uh, Nathan, I know you're relatively newer to your role. You've been sitting there for what is it? Has it been three months? <laughs> no, no, since July of last year. So oh, OK, all, OK, a little longer. <laughs> just shy of, I think, nine months at this point, if I can do my math correctly. Um, like I said, I'm not great at math, but um, yeah, it's fortunately the role was already created. We have a, a strong team of media specialists and, and managers, um, not only in the U.S., but globally. Um, so there was a level of inheriting and, you know, I inherited a lot of my contacts as well. But um, I think the value here for this for me is mm -hmm. understanding that I own this. I'm the owner of this role. And it's not up to X, Y, and Z other person to tell me what to do. It's up to me to get the things done. And I think for me, that's kind of what I've had to build in myself are those new processes and those new ways of doing things to streamline not only how I function, but how the news gets reported out of my territories, how uh, I manage the relationships, not only internally, but externally. Um, and then just how I manage my time and and make sure that those are going well. And those are career, uh, the professional development skills that I've learned through SMPS, through experience with other firms. Um, it's kind of a nice conglomeration of all the different things that I've done and all the different hats that I've worn. Um, so yeah, I, I think there were, there's while there's always room to make your own space and to uh, redefine the scope of your job, 
I think for me, it's the biggest part of it was going internal and understanding my level of responsibility to this role. Totally. Uh, thank you so much for that. Uh, that's 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 deeply fascinating. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Tamarisk, uh, how about yourself? I mean, you I, I think you have a you uh, my understanding is you you you've really carved out exactly what you want to be doing at Gensler here. Uh, yeah, I, I was hired when I was first approached by Gensler. I was uh, brought in to lead a marketing team. And um, for some reason, at no point did we ever have a conversation about what they thought marketing was and what I thought marketing was during the uh, interview process. Um, so we're super excited to join a big firm and was, you know, really excited to kind of A, contribute, but B, be surrounded by people who knew a lot more than I did and, and have access to that the incredible kind of hive mind at Gensler uh, come in my first day, my first week, RFP start landing on my desk. And I'm like, huh? why are these here? <laughs> what am I supposed to do with these? You know, and people are like, you're 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 heading the marketing team. This is what you do. Um, and I was like, is it? Um, I shouldn't say that out loud. These people hired me to do a thing. I told them I uh, knew how to do. I better pretend. Um, so it was just like literally Googling every single term in these RF massive RFP documents that were like, you know, I'm like, God, this is an RFP for architectural master plan. Like, I don't even really know what an architectural master plan is. You know, I was like Googling what are test fits. Um, <laughs> and um, I, I truly, I knew nothing. Um, so while I was like figuring out what I was actually hired to do and how I was going to do it uh, and, and what what the kind of need was now that I had joined the firm, um, I looked around and was just like, well, nobody is doing PR in this market. And that is what I'm what I've spent an entire career doing uh, instead of having well, in in conjunction with the existential crisis I am now living in, uh, <laughs> maybe I can add some value by doing some PR. Um, and after like sort of numerous panic attacks about trying to figure out what it was I was supposed to do, you know, just started layering in the kind of the value add of public relations. And over time, people are like, wow, God, you know, our clients are seeing this, you know, our competitive set are seeing this. People are talking about it when I'm, you know, having BD meetings, um, you know, our, our key partners in the marketplace, are, you know, seeing our uh, our reputation being portrayed in the marketplace quite differently. Um, this seems to be really having an impact. And um, at the beginning of the pandemic, um, a colleague of mine developed um, a scorecard which allows us to test um, whether or not buildings are suitable conversions for, from, from office to residential. Hmm. Uh, and that effort was really led by our clients, you know, saying saying to him, look, we, we don't know if people are going to go back to the offices. We're really freaking out. You know, we, we'd love, we'd, we turn to Gensler in times like this, like, you know, help us figure out what we're going to do with buildings in our portfolio um and that's where i shine i i don't know how to do that but i do know a good idea when i hear of one um and was able to pitch that out to the media and it, it's really snowballed from there it's become you know a, a new area of thought leadership that gensler's really leading in um and you know i, I can pinpoint that to all of the things we've discussed today, I have a great working relationship with that particular principal. Mm -hmm. You know, he and I speak regularly. He feels he can trust me. Um, you know, I I know the kind of right questions to ask. I know and I know enough to be dangerous to kind of pitch the right story. And I know when I should stop talking. You know, and just <laughs> schedule an interview and have him. You know, explain the ins and outs of it. Um, and 
it's it is all about it. It's that's just an example of you know um, the you know a storytelling and b what we've touched on today, which is just building those relationships so that people know you, people trust you, um, and people have a great experience of working with you because you're able to kind of you know over deliver results that you know other tools in the marketing toolbox just aren't the right tool for. You know, PR can be an incredible tool um, for certain things um, in a way that you know. In, in complement to the rest of the tools in the marketing toolbox can can really over deliver on. You know, we've talked about a lot of the tools uh, in the marketing toolbox, as you mentioned. You know, we talked about uh, we, we talked about storytelling. We talked about uh, media relations. You know, one of the things I, we haven't quite talked so much on is how PR affects uh, business development, which I really feel like they tend to go uh, very much hand in hand. Do you guys have any stories or do you have any uh, uh, experience uh, helping to kind of usher through some of those things? Uh, or is that something that is a little bit more on the uh, not so much on your plate anymore? Definitely on my plate. Um, I can say <laughs> that the office, the officer residential example that I just gave, um, we haven't responded to a single RFP that has been all PR for business development. Um, it's which obviously makes acquiring that work incredibly cost effective um, because it's with you know a couple of emails, a couple of phone calls, you know a piece runs, and um, we're in the incredibly fortunate position uh, to have clients respond, you know, to those press articles when they are published. Mm -hmm. um, but I we've also leveraged public relations in our office um, to go after a, a practice area that we just didn't have a lot of experience in. You know, we we had the experience in-house uh, and we knew that there was going to be a lot of work in a particular practice area coming down the pike because we, you know, we'd, we'd heard rumors on the street. Um, you know, we're, we're talking to all of the people who are connected to this type of work. We knew it was coming um, and we had to figure out how to get ahead of it with absolutely no portfolio. Um, <laughs> so we are a large enough firm that we can understand a practice area and talk about trends in a practice area and how they are a fit for this marketplace. Um, and I was, you know, I, I you know, don't, I, my view is that I'm not going to let the fact that we don't have any projects on this particular, pro, you know, <laughs> in this project area stop us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if I've got a good idea and I can back it up, then I'm going to go out there and pitch it. So, um we and that has to support other business development strategies on its own it's not going to do anything but part of a um a holistic and strategic campaign to get out to the market so that those conversations conversations are happening with you know our partners in the marketplace um you know we're meeting the right people uh yeah. we're networking at the right events you know we're we're talking to the brokerage community because you know they're upstream of us you know in terms of handling uh you know lease negotiations, et cetera. Um, as part of that holistic approach, it's very powerful because, you know, we're talking to our clients where they are. Um, so they're kind of seeing, oh, wow, you know, here's Gensler talking about, you know, in this case, the future of law firms mm -hmm. um, right here in the, you know, the the magazines and the trade rags that we're reading. Um, you know, this is this is really interesting. And, and now we're coming to the end of that cycle. We won a ton of law firm work um, by that approach. And a lot of it's finished and being built out and we're photographing it and we're going back out to kind of cement our credentials as Toronto's premier firm when it comes to understanding and building for the law firm practice area. That's fabulous, right? I find that very inspiring. It's amazing to kind of just kind of build that up, you know, seemingly from from nothing, right? From just kind of basically words on a page. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, look, even social media posts can win a job. You never, you never mm-hmm. know what message is going to resonate with your clients. Well, if you if you do your job right, you do know what messages will resonate. Sorry, <laughs> but you never Hopefully. know what that medium may be. Um, you know, it, it's making sure that your networks are up to speed and up to date and and hitting the right people. Um, but yeah, I, honestly, I can't put it any better than that. So you know, business development is it's inherent in what we do. It's we're always you know, trying to be commercial, walking, talking commercials and ads for our firms. Um, so as, mu- as much as we can do that to get that in uh, articles, I mean, Avis and Young, we primarily share data on a quarterly basis that gets placed in high-end publications, mainstream, ra- uh, yeah, rags, I just almost said rags, <laughs> <laughs> trade publications, etc. I mean, there are a few rags out there, but, um, you know, when we when we get our data in there, to me that is that's my business development check mark. You know, they know to come to us for for data and having that confidence built up uh, within the marketplace. I think speaks volumes. So, can't I can't add much more to that. <laughs> it's okay, Nathan. I'll have you speaking English English by the end of this. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know it's everything I can do to not take on your accent right now. <laughs> it's very addictive, isn't it? <laughs> I, I would also echo a bit of what uh, Tamara said, especially um, with uh, trying to, I guess, PR the hell out of certain things that we aren't necessarily that experienced in um, and just getting as much, whether it's social or uh, blogging, like even if it's just one project that you're just starting, like PR the heck out of it and, um, you know, it'll it'll lead some more work. <laughs> You think you kind of have to be an investigative journalist within your own firm. You know, when, mm-hmm. when we're talking about all the other things that that we do in communications, I think one thing, especially when we're building content, is we've got to know what to write about, too, right? So it, it's having those interviews and having those uh, connections made with the people who know what's going on internally, um, you know, to, to bring that back. Again, you have to kind of know what the right questions are you know, per, to to Tamarist's point, you know, you have to be an investigative journalist on your own side too. And I think that really um, gives you kind of the skills and confidence to push that message out. I totally agree. You can't, it's not our, um, you know, our stakeholders, our internal stakeholders job to know what the media is necessarily going to care about. You know, it's, it's, it's up to us to kind of pull that out of them and kind of say, hang on, wait, stop, say that again. Is that new? Mm. Have we seen this happening before? Is this connected to a market cycle? You know, <laughs> are we seeing like two or three other people doing it that way? You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. definitely our job to, to kind of pull that out of them and connect the dots. Um, you know, it's, it's not their job to know. Pulling it out, yeah. right? <laughs> <Yeah>. Very literally. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I'd love to kind of close this out is kind of can you dis- distill your coll- distilling your collective wisdom here uh, for us if you could give one piece of advice to someone who is considering a career in PR and communications in AEC what would be the one thing that you would tell them that would help them at any stage on their journey perhaps especially the beginning um uh Sean how about we start with you guinea picker um i would say having an open mind and trying to be creative as possible Mm -hmm. um there's there's so much room in this job which is my arguably my favorite part of this job to be creative to tell a story to build connections and just being open-minded to 
just all the different facets of the job, um, all the new technology that comes with it, and then, um, you know, um, really dig in um, to try and tell tell the stories that each project has that that come with them. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. Uh, Nathan, how about you? Yeah, um, I would say engage, you know, engage with curiosity and and just look into stuff, do your homework, do your reading, engage with the people that are in your company, engage with people in the industry, you know, go outside of your office, make lunch appointments, make coffee meetings, uh, do those things. SNPS is a really great resource for people to engage. And I think that, you know, no matter what level of your career you are, you always have the ability to learn something new or try something new. And, uh, you know, I wish I would have gotten involved a lot sooner because who knows where I would be by now, but happy where I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly very, very glad to hear that. Uh, and Tamarisk, what piece of advice do you have for us? My advice is to read, read, mm -hmm. read, keep on reading. Uh, I've given that advice to everybody I've ever had on has, as team member, anybody I've ever mentored when it comes to being in the field of public relations. Um, you are not going to earn the media's respect if you are not reading what they are writing um and it it drives the more you read the more it drives your curiosity uh and that that coming from that as the basis point you'll be able to do i think everything that nathan and, and sean have been have been talking about in their tips as well like if you're reading and getting more curious and you want to know more you'll be asking questions you'll be scheduling those you know check-ins with uh, the people at your firm who know more than you do. Um, and if, if you are reading and you are informed, you will, it just comes naturally to figure out how you can connect the dots. You don't have to have the answers, but you do need to be the person who knows how to connect the dots. So I would say read. That is an excellent, excellent point. Uh, folks, thank you so much for having this conversation today. This was deeply fascinating to me. I could talk to you guys for another hour about all this too. Uh, Sean, Tamaris, Nathan, thank you all so much. This has been a pleasure. Thanks, David. Thank you, David. Thank you, David. If you have any feedback, questions, ideas, a great story, or just want to get involved or be part of an episode, email us at themarketingdepartmentpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to like, review, and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening to The Marketing Department.